Welcome to God's Story, the narrative adaptation of the Bible. This week's chapter covers 2 Kings 22 through 25, as well as the book of Jeremiah. Chapter 21, Judah's Judgment. After Hezekiah died, he was succeeded by Manasseh, who ruled for 55 years. He was unlike his father, reinstating the worship of false gods, and even performing appalling acts of worship to these false gods in the temple built by Solomon. He led the people into more evil than was known in the land since before the time of Joshua, even sacrificing his own subjects. Virtually everything that Hezekiah had done to reunite his people with God was undone by his son. The prophets of that day spoke out against Manasseh, saying, For the evil you have brought into this land, Yahweh is going to bring such disaster on Judah that it will shock everyone who hears it. The same fate that came to Samaria is coming to Judah. You will be wiped out like a dirty dish. This remaining tribe will be handed over to its enemies because of your rebellion. Though Yahweh sent these words of warning to him and his people, they did not listen. So they were no longer under God's protection when the Assyrians soon invaded. They laid siege to Jerusalem and eventually took Manasseh and many others as slaves. But in his distress, he called out to Yahweh and asked for forgiveness for his sins. In spite of his many evils, Yahweh listened to his cries, and soon his captors had mercy on him and returned him to his kingdom. In that moment, Manasseh knew that Yahweh was indeed the God of the world. He removed all idolatry from the land, and the people only worshipped God for the rest of his life. But after Manasseh died, his son Ammon returned the Jews to the wicked ways of his father. But the people were not quick to forget the wrath of the Assyrians, and they would not suffer Ammon's evil. He was assassinated after only two years by his own advisors, and was succeeded by his son Josiah, himself only eight years old when he became king. In the thirteenth year of Josiah's reign, Yahweh appeared to a man named Jeremiah and said, Before you were even born, I knew you, and I set you apart as a prophet. Jeremiah replied, But I don't know how to speak. I'm too young for anyone to listen to me. God replied, Don't say that you're too young. Go where I send you. Say what I tell you. Do not be afraid, for I will protect you. I will put my words in your mouth. I give you authority over the kingdoms of the world to uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, but also to build up. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see a boiling pot tilting down on us from the north, he answered. This is because disaster from the north will be poured out on all the land. On that day, I will bring judgment on my people for abandoning me to worship other gods in wickedness. So get ready and do not be afraid to stand up and say whatever I tell you. I have made you like a fortified city against the powerful of Judah. They will fight you, but they will never overcome you because I will rescue you from them. Now go, speak these words to the scattered tribes of Israel. 
This is what Yahweh says. Return to me and I will forgive you. I am faithful to you even when you have been faithless. I gladly treated you like my own children. I wanted you to see me as your parent and never turn from me. All I ask is that you admit your guilt of rebellion against me. I will even accept you one at a time and take you to my holy city. I will give you a leader who has my heart, who will guide you to wisdom and understanding. In that day, people from all over the world will gather in Jerusalem to honor me. With these words, Jeremiah began his life as a prophet. After spreading this warning, he traveled to Jerusalem and told them, This is what Yahweh says. I remember how you used to love and follow me. In all your history, have I ever done anything wrong to you? Then why have you abandoned me for these worthless idols? I brought you to this land, but you have defiled it. Your priests, judges, leaders, prophets, none of them know me anymore. Other nations don't abandon their gods, even though they're not gods at all. But you do. You were not born to be slaves, but you're bringing it upon yourselves. You're like a wife that runs off with another man because you can't control your urges. I divorced myself from the other faithless tribes of Israel. But you had no fear and you continued to follow your other gods. You refused to even admit your wrongdoing. Yet when you are in trouble, you run to me. Where are the gods you made for yourselves? Why can they not save you? My judgment is now upon you. Beware. A lion has awoken. A destroyer of nations is coming to lay waste to your land. Your own actions have brought this punishment on you. Even though you have been punished in the past, you did not learn. You just became more stubborn. You have said, Yahweh will do nothing. No harm will come to us. The prophets are just old windbags. Soon a distant warrior nation whose language you don't understand will devour you. But I will not destroy you completely. Change your ways and you will be saved. Be just. Be kind to foreigners, orphans, and widows. Don't kill the innocent. Don't follow other gods. Will you do all these wicked things and then gather before my temple and pretend that you're safe? When your ancestors came out of Egypt, I told them if they obeyed me, I would be your God. But they and you have not listened to me or my prophets. Josiah heeded the warning of Jeremiah. Indeed, he followed in the footsteps of his ancestors, Hezekiah and David, during his 31-year reign and was faithful to Yahweh. So in the 18th year of his reign, Josiah oversaw the rebuilding of the temple of Yahweh. In the course of their renovations, one of the priests found the book of the law that Yahweh had spoken to Moses. When Josiah heard this, he was greatly troubled and said to the priest, on behalf of, of me and all of the people, go and speak with Yahweh about this book. The anger of God is against us because those who came before have not obeyed these laws. The priests went and spoke as Jeremiah had told them. When they returned, they said, Yahweh says that a disaster is coming to Judah because of their past sins. But because you have been faithful, it will not happen in your lifetime. After this, Josiah called together all the Jews and went to the temple. 
He read the book of the law to all of them, and they renewed their commitment to follow God with all their hearts. Josiah had all the items used to worship false gods removed from the temple and burned them. All the men and the women who oversaw idol worship were removed from their positions. Then he removed all the items used to worship false gods from not only all of Judah, but also traveled to the ravaged Samaria and destroyed all the places of idol worship there as well. When he reached the altar that Jeroboam had built 300 years ago, he burned it, along with the bones of the priests. And in that moment, the words of Ahijah, spoken so long ago, were brought to life. Altar. This is what God says. A man named Josiah from the line of David will one day be born. On you, these false priests will burn. Neither before nor since was there a king like him who turned to God with his whole heart and worked so hard to follow the law of Moses. But his zeal would only delay the justice of Yahweh for the abhorrent sins of the Jews in the time of King Manasseh. When Josiah died while defending his kingdom from invading Egyptians, he was succeeded by his son Jehoahaz. He was unlike his father, turning his back on Yahweh. And he was soon captured by the Pharaoh and killed. The Egyptians replaced him with Jehoahaz's brother, Jehoiakim. During his 11-year reign as Egypt's puppet, he heavily taxed his people. In those dark times, Yahweh sent Jeremiah to the house of a potter. As Jeremiah watched the man work the clay at his wheel, it became misshapen, so the potter reshaped it into a different pot. Yahweh then said to Jeremiah, Can I not do with Judah what this potter does with his clay? You are in my hands. If I declare you will be destroyed and you repent of your evil, you will be spared. If I say I will build a kingdom up and then they do evil, can I not withhold my blessing from them? Tell the people that their destruction is coming unless they turn from their evil ways. But they will tell you, it's no use, and continue in the stubbornness of their own evil hearts. They will also turn against you, Jeremiah, and they will say, let's plot against him because he will not stop with these prophecies. With our tongues we will attack him, and with our ears we will not listen to him. Jeremiah then purchased this pot from the potter and traveled to meet with the elders in Judah. He described to them the disaster that would soon befall the nation because of their idolatry. When Jeremiah saw that they were slow to heed his words, he threw the jar down and as it shattered, he said, Judah will soon be like this jar. But among the elders, there was a priest named Pashur. When Jeremiah suggested that Judah, whose kingdom was prophesied to last forever, would be shattered, he became furious at Jeremiah and ordered him beaten. As he was dragged off, Jeremiah looked at Pashur and said, The Babylonians, though they are among those captured by the Assyrians, will soon rise up and overthrow their oppressors, becoming an even greater empire. And in that time, you and your entire family will be captured and taken as their prisoners. You will die as a slave in a foreign land. Jeremiah survived his punishment and dragged himself away to be alone. In agony, he cried out to Yahweh, I know that you're always righteous, but then why are the wicked and the faithless allowed to prosper? You planted them. You allowed them to take root and bear fruit. They talk about you, but they don't really follow you in their hearts. They should be punished. Yahweh answered, 
whether the tribe of Judah or the surrounding nations, the time of their punishment is coming. I have withdrawn my blessing from these people, but I will have compassion on them and they will one day be restored to me. Even the surrounding nations who have plundered you and taught you to worship their false gods, if they learn my ways, if they call on my name, I will include them as part of my people. But for those who turn from me, their destruction is imminent. Do not pray that they be delivered from this fate. I will not listen to their prayers. I will not accept their sacrifices any longer. Throughout their history, their hearts have loved to wander from me. Unless this punishment befalls them, they will never truly return. But there are other prophets who tell the people they will not suffer from war or famine, Jeremiah replied. God said, They speak lies in my name. I have not called them or given my word to them. These same supposed prophets who claim the people will not face war or famine will themselves die by the sword or from hunger. God, I feel like I've been deceived. I feel like I was overpowered by your will every day. I'm mocked for speaking your words about Judah's impending destruction. But if I say to myself, I'm done speaking God's words, then they consume me like a fire and I can't stop. I can hear my enemies whisper plots against me, but I know they will fail. And I know they will be disgraced because you, my mighty warrior, protect me. All the same, I curse the very day I was born. Why? Why? Have I been made to see all of this trouble and sorrow? Why do I have to end my life in shame? In spite of his sadness, Jeremiah continued to obediently speak the word of Yahweh, no matter the cost. He stood outside the temple, hoping that his prophecies might sway those who still went there to worship Yahweh. Though many heard him speak, he eventually roused the anger of the temple priests who threatened to kill him for his words. But he repeated his warning and told them, I am in your hands. Do with me what you will. But if you kill me, there will be innocent blood on your hands. The part of their hearts that still feared Yahweh counseled them to let Jeremiah live. But he was forbidden from ever returning to the temple. Yahweh still longed for the people to turn from their evil ways so that they might be saved from destruction. So Jeremiah was commanded by God to make a record of every prophecy that he had received from the time of Josiah until now. For an entire year, he dictated these words to Baruch, the scribe who wrote them onto a scroll. And upon their completion, Jeremiah told his assistant, As I have been forbidden to enter the temple, you must read this scroll to all the people gathered there. When word of what Baruch was doing reached one of the king's officials, he asked the scribe to read the scroll to him and a few others that he trusted. When they heard it, they looked at each other in fear and said, We are obligated to repeat everything that you said to the king. How did you come upon these words? Were they spoken by Jeremiah? You both need to go into hiding. Don't let anyone know where you are. Jehoiakim soon learned of the scroll's existence and he ordered it to be brought to him and read aloud. As each section was read, he would cut it out and throw it into the fire until the entire thing was burned. Then he sent his soldiers to find Baruch and Jeremiah, but they had gone into hiding. When Jehoiakim died, he was succeeded by his son Jehoiachin. He ruled for only three months when the prophecies made against Judah for the many evils committed during the reign of Manasseh finally came to pass. 
the Babylonians, having grown powerful under King Nebuchadnezzar, overthrew their Assyrian oppressors, utterly destroying Nineveh as was prophesied by Nahum. And they gained control over all of Assyria's empire. They then set their sights on Judah. They sent the combined might of Babylon along with their vassals, the Arameans, Moabites, and Ammonites to lay siege to the city. They forced Jehoiachin's surrender. And for the first time, the city of Jerusalem, and indeed all of Judah, was conquered. The Babylonians took all of the treasures of the temple and the palace and enslaved over 10,000 of the city's residents. Nebuchadnezzar deported Jehoiachin and made his uncle Zedekiah king in his place. Years passed before Yahweh gave a new prophecy to Jeremiah. He found two baskets of figs that were left in front of the temple. In one basket there were good figs, and in the other basket there were rotten figs. Yahweh said to Jeremiah, The Jewish exiles are like this basket of good figs. I will watch over them and bring them back to this land. I will build them up and teach them to follow me again. But Zedekiah and those who stay here or choose to live with the Egyptians and who continue to turn their backs on me, they are like the bad figs, and they will be completely destroyed. Then Yahweh told Jeremiah to put a yoke on his shoulders and warn anyone who would listen that Nebuchadnezzar had been chosen by Yahweh as an instrument of justice. Anyone who resisted his armies would be destroyed by war, famine, plague, but anyone who surrendered would be spared. The line of Nebuchadnezzar would be unbroken for generations, but one day the Babylonians would be defeated by an even greater power. But a false prophet named Hananiah came alongside Jeremiah and said to all who were listening, Yahweh will break the yoke of Babylon. Within two years, everything stolen from our temple will be returned, along with Jehoiachin and all of the exiles. Jeremiah replied, my heart would be overjoyed if these things that you're saying were true, but your worth as a prophet is nothing if what you say doesn't come to pass. Then Hananiah took the yoke off of Jeremiah's shoulders and broke it, saying, this is what Yahweh is going to do in Babylon in two years. Jeremiah replied, you have broken a wooden yoke, but in its place you will receive a yoke of iron. Yahweh has not sent you. You have persuaded the people to believe your lies. Within the year, you will die for speaking against the will of Yahweh. Jeremiah was not simply satisfied warning those who still remained in Judah. He also sent a letter to the exiles in Babylon, which said, they, These are the words of Yahweh to the exiles in Babylon. Build houses, plant gardens, harvest, eat your crops, settle down, marry, have sons and daughters, find them spouses of their own, work for peace and prosperity in the city where you have been taken. Don't listen to what other prophets tell you. They're lying to you. You will be in exile for 70 years, and then you will be able to return to the promised land. You will look for me, and you will find me. You are the lucky ones, those who have stayed in Jerusalem and continue to turn their back on me will soon face destruction. Even though Zedekiah was made ruler by Nebuchadnezzar, he heeded the words of Hananiah, and so in time he rebelled against his servitude to the Babylonians. 
To ensure their victory, Zedekiah sent Pashur to Jeremiah to hear the word of Yahweh. Jeremiah replied, The will of Yahweh has already been made known to you. Yahweh will fight against you with a mighty arm, with furious anger. A plague will first strike the city. Anyone who survives that will be captured by Nebuchadnezzar, who will do with them as he pleases. If you futilely resist inside of the city, you will die. But if you surrender now, you will live. Your destruction is here because you ignored justice. You mistreated foreigners, orphans, and widows. You killed the innocent. But the day will come when Yahweh will raise up a branch from the tree of David, a wise king who will do what is right. He will be our righteous savior. Though Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more, there is still hope for your descendants. Faced with the impending destruction of the city, Zedekiah had Jeremiah confined to a house within the city walls so that he might either share in the fate of the city or change it. But in spite of his captivity, or maybe because of it, Yahweh continued to speak through his prophet. Jeremiah told them to listen to the words of Yahweh. I am God, the ruler of this world that I created. Call on me and I will answer. Those who hide in these houses will die for their unrepentant wickedness. Nevertheless, I will bring healing and peace and security to this place. Those who have been exiled will one day return. I will forgive them for their sins and make them holy. Then this city will bring honor, joy, and praise to me, and all the nations will be in awe of how you have been blessed. I will keep my promise for David to always have an heir to sit on the throne. It is as sure as the rising and setting of the sun and the moon. The Babylonians temporarily halted their siege of the city to fend off an approaching Egyptian army who hoped to weaken them. Even though the Jews under Zedekiah refused to follow Yahweh or listen to the warnings of Jeremiah, Zedekiah still had some of his men ask Jeremiah to pray for them. Jeremiah replied, The Egyptians will return to their homeland, and the Babylonians will return here, and they will finish what they started. They will capture many who still live here and burn the city to the ground. Angry with him and suspecting that he might try to desert Jerusalem and join with the Babylonians, they had him beaten and thrown in prison. But after this, Zedekiah secretly had Jeremiah brought to him, and he asked, Is there any word from Yahweh? Yes, you will be delivered into the hands of the Babylonians. Now please tell me, what crime have I committed against you or against any of the Jews that you put me in prison? Where are your prophets who said Babylon would not attack? Don't send me back to prison. I will die there. So Zedekiah had Jeremiah taken out of the prison and instead confined him to a courtyard. But some of the king's officials grew tired of his doomsaying, thinking that it was demoralizing to the soldiers and their families, so they threw him into a nearby muddy pit. But there was one of the king's officials, Ebed-Melech, who was appalled when he learned what had been done with the prophet. Knowing that he would be left to die once the city ran out of food, Ebed-Malik petitioned Zedekiah to free Jeremiah. Once the king relented and Jeremiah was rescued, Zedekiah again spoke with him secretly, saying, I want to ask you something, and I don't want you to hide anything from me. Jeremiah replied, If I give you an answer you don't like, you either won't listen or you'll have me killed. 
But Zedekiah swore an oath. As surely as God lives, I will not kill you or allow anyone else to kill you. Now please reveal to me the fate of the city. This is what Yahweh says. If you surrender to Babylon, you will be spared and the city will not be destroyed. But if you do not, the city will burn and you will not escape them. Jeremiah prophesied. But the king replied, I'm afraid if I surrender to the Babylonians, they'll just hand me over to the Jews who are already among them. And they are very angry with me. But Jeremiah insisted, they won't hand you over. Obey God. Do what I tell you and it will go well for you. But if you ignore my warnings, it will mean the destruction of not only this city, it will also mean your imprisonment. Zedekiah replied, go and do not tell anyone about this conversation or I will not honor my oath and you will die. So Jeremiah returned to his confinement in the courtyard. As was foretold, the Babylonians fended off the Egyptians and returned to Jerusalem to continue their siege. After four months, their food stores ran out and the remaining people began to starve. Desperate, they destroyed a portion of the, or their own wall and fled the city, only to be captured by the Babylonians, including Zedekiah. They killed his sons and tortured him before taking him to Babylon. In that day, the line of Jewish kings came to the same end as the other tribes of Israel who had abandoned God. And though Zedekiah's line ended with the death of his sons, there were still others who yet lived who were from David's line. The Babylonians burned most of the city, including the temple of God, and destroyed its walls. In that day, the words of God spoken to Solomon after his dedication of the temple came true. If your descendants abandon me to worship other gods, I will cut off Israel from its inheritance and reject this temple. Israel will become a mockery among the other nations, and this temple will become a pile of rubble. With the destruction of Jerusalem, the capital city of Yahweh's chosen people, and the ruined temple, once the dwelling of Almighty God, one of the few remaining bards of that age cried out a psalm of lament. My God, the nations have invaded your holy land. They have defiled your temple. They have reduced Jerusalem to rubble. They have left our corpses for the carrion birds and the scavengers. There's no one here to even bury the dead. How long will your fury burn against us? Will you be angry forever? Pour out your wrath against these nations who do not acknowledge you as God, for they have devoured us. May your mercy come to us quickly. We are in desperate need of it. Forgive us, help us, God, for the glory of your name. Why should these nations be allowed to say, where is their God? Show those nations that you will avenge the lives of your people. Hear the groans of those who have been taken as prisoners. With your strong arm, protect those who have been sentenced to death. Pay back our enemies sevenfold for the contempt that they have shown you, God. Then from generation to generation, your people will praise your name. But after the siege ended, nearly everyone who survived were taken as slaves. Only a small remnant remained, commanded to farm the land by their new Babylonian masters. But God spared Ebed-Melech from this fate because of his kindness to Jeremiah. 
Jeremiah, too, narrowly escaped from slavery. Indeed, he had been captured and placed among the other slaves preparing to leave for Babylon. When the commander of the Babylonian army, who knew of his reputation as a prophet, found him and freed him, the remnant that remained in Judah found Jeremiah and said, Pray to Yahweh for us. There's only a few of us left. Where are we supposed to go? What are we supposed to do? Whether it's favorable or not, we will do whatever Yahweh commands. So Jeremiah spoke these words. If you stay in this land, Yahweh will make you prosper. You no longer need to fear the king of Babylon. Yahweh is with you and will protect you. But if you disobey and flee to Egypt thinking that you can escape war or famine, those things that you fear will find you here. The disaster that destroyed Jerusalem will soon come to everyone in Egypt. But some of the arrogant men among them replied, You're lying. You weren't sent from Yahweh. You're trying to hand us over to the Babylonians by having us stay here. So these men led the remaining Jews to Egypt with Jeremiah forced to join them as well. Even there, he continued to prophesy to the people of their impending destruction because they had come to Egypt. But they refused to listen and they turned to idolatry in Egypt. And so the time came when Jeremiah died far away from his home, surrounded by those who refused to listen to his warnings, like so many others throughout his tragic life. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Matt. Uh, as always, uh, if you want to give me any feedback, you can email uh, mattsgodstory at gmail.com. That's M-A-T-T-S-G-O-D-S-S-T-O-R-Y at gmail.com. And if you want a transcript of uh, this uh, uh, episode or any previous episodes, they are available at mattsgodstory.blogspot.com. Thanks for listening and God bless. <laughs>